The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Starts with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Hi, and once again, welcome to Leadership Stars, where we do have real leaders in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into leadership. They'll be interviewed on their journey and will share with you their views of all the aspects of creating and leading powerful teams, even if that team is only one right now. I'm your host, Linda Patton. I am an international author and speaker, as well as the creator of the book and program, The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. Herding Cats is really about my journey of stepping into leadership and the skills that I needed to own that leadership. It teaches you those 12 key steps to leadership. Through leadership and the art of herding cats, I guide leaders to uncover their core strengths, to inspire with shared vision, and to realize their true expertise. I've been successfully developing leaders for over 40 years. Think about that in the military, in organizations, and in the last five years through Dare to Dream with Linda and the Art of Herding Cats, independently as a coach, a mentor, and a guide. It is the beginning of the year, and I'm sure you have gone through your planning stages and looked at what you want to accomplish this year. So you've set your goals, possibly in the areas of health, relationships, personal development, career and business, spirituality, and of course, those ever-loving financial goals. These are the roadmap to attaining the most important aspect and skill number two in the art of herding cats, creating a personal vision. And today, we're going to talk about um, what those visions might look like. So I have with me one of the most phenomenal visual storytellers and brand developers that I know, Tatiana L. Corey. And Tatiana, hi, Tatiana. Um, (laughs) And so, Tatiana, why don't you start and just tell the audience a little bit about you? Oh, sure. So I am a visual storyteller, and what that means is I am completely compelled by visuals and creating stories that, Um, first draw people in with images. So everyone is a storyteller. Everyone has something to say. Everyone has a personal hook. And I use imagery with everything that I do as a painter, as an artist, which I've uh, been doing for the last, oh, I don't know, like 15 years. (laughs) And as a 
brand developer working with celebrities and uh, internet startups and um, the wide range. <laughs> That's awesome. I know one of the things that we want to talk about today is, you know, people have created their vision for the year. They've mm -hmm. probably grounded it in their five senses if they're working with the Art of Hurting Cats program. They have looked at what are their core values, and yet they're struggling with building a business plan and a business brand that stands out um, in the socially noisy and, God, it's a clutter-filled marketplace. So creating a business brand that's compelling and that gets them more shares and comments and especially clients is really what you're an expert at. Is that not true, Katiana? Yeah, absolutely. I I feel that, you know, it's it's the beginning of the new year and mm -hmm. something I at least have seen plenty in my newsfeed is everyone is working on their vision board and they're creating this um this board that's going to represent, you know, their goals and their dreams and aspirations to have them have in their mind to remind them. And uh, what's interesting to me is that um, that's a completely visual tool. It's a completely yes. visual tool to just reinforce and remind them of their vision so that every day it's just not living in their head. And the same thing is true for your business. If you're able to create such a strong visual that every time anyone's thinks about what you're selling, they keep on bringing it up and reminding them, of, oh, yeah, I got to do that. It's, it's the same concept. So if you strongly believe in creating the vision board, I mean, why not take that same principle and create a vision that people can't stop thinking about it when they, they see images or they see your branding so that they're always thinking about you just like you're always thinking about those goals you've set this year. Right, so that puts them very much at top of mind when mm -hmm. they can bring up that visual. And for the person who's developed the vision, it's also important to know, you know, what will people hear? What will they possibly taste? What will they see um, using all five senses when they mm -hmm. look at your brand? And especially, how will they feel when they look at my brand? So... You, you say that, you know, brand obviously is very important and mm -hmm. especially around your vision, but how do you tie values to the brand and to the vision? Well, see, one thing that, one thing to kind of clarify so we're all on the same page is what is an actual brand? A lot oh, of times you talk to people and say, you know, brand, um, they're going to say, it's my logo, you know, I got my colors, I already got a website. And that's all great, but those are just reflections of your brand. What your brand really is is the experience that people have with you. It's the experience that they have with your products. It's the experience that they have when they're, you know, in a customer relationship with you. And the key to any experience is you want to you want, you wanna actually experience it. And if you can tie what your core values are, and what you represent and why you do things and have that at the forefront of everything you do, that experience that people have with you is going to be even more stronger and even more exciting that people will want to be in that with you. Mm -hmm. So audience, listen to that. It's the experience. So it is the drawing in of all five senses in your brand. It's not just your logo. It's not just the colors that you use, but it's the whole feel 
of the brand and that experience that they get um, going to your website or you know being part of a program that you're that you're teaching or whatever it might be. So it's it's a broader piece than just a logo, just a website, and even just a program. Right, Tatiana? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you think about what I like to do, think about some big brands, and mm-hmm. you might think, okay, I still don't get it. I don't feel. I don't still. I don't see why I need to think of values. No one's really going to feel that. But if you think about, let's think of. I love to travel, so if you think of different airlines, um, some of my favorite ones to fly in is Virgin America. It has um, from everything that they do, they have a very fun and elegant approach to it, but it's also really hip and cool. So all of those those values come through with everything they do from down to uh, their um, the safety video. Their safety video is like a choreographed music video with live music and dancing and, and it's and it's fun as opposed to something that's a little bit more structured like a United or a Delta where they're just about, you know, reliable service and getting you where you need to go and has a little bit more corporate feel. The experience that you have with a flight attendant is we're going to read it to you, you know, look in your look in your back pocket and read it over. Let us know if you got it. Okay, cool. It's a totally different experience that you can kind of see where their values fit in line and will attract the type of person who wants that sort of experience. So, Tatiana, let's take take it to a, a different airlines. Southwest mm-hmm. is doing some really interesting things with mm-hmm. their marketing right now. There's there's all the dancing and the music and the lights and you know very hip and that kind of thing. So, what mm-hmm. values are they projecting with their new marketing campaigns? Well, with South with Southwest, I haven't seen the new ones, but just from that, if you're saying that they're doing that, it would appear that. Maybe they want a more fun or younger clientele, or they're trying to attract the people who are traveling for leisure. Without even seeing it, that would that would be my guess. As opposed to what I think of Southwest, I think of like really reliable corporate travel. You know that that goes to lots of different places. And if they're doing that more lighter thing, they're probably trying to attract in people who are looking for leisure travel for fun and get people like that excited about coming to the airline. So listen to that. The sense that through your brand and your brand experience, you can actually change how people look at you and and how they experience you. And you're right, Southwest is going to more fun places. So I think they've Mm -hmm. now got flights to the Caribbean and you know other locations like that. And so the whole idea is you can have it any time and you can go anywhere you want and we'll take you there and we'll have a great time getting there. Um, and so it'll be a fun experience as opposed to the cattle call, which I think is how they've been perceived a lot as well because yeah. of how they, how they um, put people in seats. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great point. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it it is kind of a fun, I, I find it very fun, um, almost a little bit too bright for me, but you know that's sort of who I am. <laughs> Which it's just uh, you know it's it's cool. There's something for everyone, and that's the really great thing about getting clear on your vision and visuals and values is that you can cut through and and attract the person that you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and 
And Tatiana, I'm I'm really curious. You know, you started out as an artist, mm-hmm. and it's not that you yes. stopped being an artist, but it's no longer no. sort of your primary focus. Um, I remember you um, wanting to take art around the country um, with Road mm-hmm. to Artdom. Yeah. So moving from that more um, static um, media of, you know, maybe oils or watercolors or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, things that are on canvas to this more dynamic visual on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Why the passion? Why the shift in your passion? Or is there a shift in your passion? Well, for me, I, I mean, I love art is everything that drives me. And um, something that I found really early on is you know you have to play to your your strengths. And mm-hmm. I love creating art. And when I create art, I disappear. You know, I, it's a very solo experience that involves me and my canvas and my supplies, and I'm in front of it, and I can paint for hours and hours and hours. And you know, find me in a little <laughs> find me a little cottage in the woods, and then I'll be okay. But when I do that, I feel like um, the, I, it's a slight disservice where I don't get to impact and inspire people the same way that happens when I work, um, when I work uh, with groups or when I'm spreading that message online. And mm-hmm. I'm able to take that experience that I have when I'm tucked away with my painting and create this movement online and get other people inspired to kind of make that ripple happen from me. So still art is still my core, but with my, my skills um, creating brands and creating movements online, I can ripple and get more people into it. Okay. So I want you to think about this. Tatiana just said that, you know, when she's really into, you know, the art and creating a, a painting or whatever it might be, that she disappears. She becomes behind the screen and that in order for her to step out and to own that and the leadership that she has in art, she had to develop a different venue within which to do that. And you've done that by creating brands for other people, and you do still work on groups, but your your real joy, I think, mm-hmm. is working with an individual and really making those visuals happen, um, and yeah. to be able to lead that person into a really powerful brand experience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's nothing like you know. I hear this all the time. It makes me cringe, but it also know it's a great talking point when I hear someone say, you know, I'm not really that visual. I don't know what I want, but I know it when I see it. And then I hear oh, that, hate that. I hate it. I hate it. But it also, it shows to me um, there's confusion or there's a, maybe just a lack of uh, the, the proper terms. They just don't know the language that I know. So it gives me opportunity to teach them and to pull it out because everyone is making conscious uh, visual choices if they know it or not easiest way to tell is to look at your closet and most people unless you're extremely a fashionista and you're changing out everything in your closet um, (laughs) most people have if you look at their closet there's common colors there's common cuts of style there's there's choices that they're making and if there is stuff that doesn't fit that general thing it's probably been in the closet has tags and hasn't been worn in a while but if you look at what people are actually wearing 
there, there are conscious choices people are making. They just don't know how to pull it out. So I get excited on being able to pull out the stuff that I look at and I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Let me just help you communicate it because that's not your language and I, I, can, I can help you. <laughs> Yes, and and I I agree with you. Uh, you know, unless you're someone who has to wear black every time they go out, they have to have a black suit, and so they've got seven of them in their closet. You're right. Mm-hmm. The people um, gravitate to colors that um, they feel comfortable with, they feel happy with, that express who they are, and you can always tell when somebody's really in what suits them, what what colors really, the choices that they've made and and consciously their colors Mm -hmm. and styles that suit them as opposed to, as you said, a fashionista, someone who um, is is really following the trends as opposed to leading Mm -hmm. the trends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leading in what works for them. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, or the the opposite. So, No, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, just say, or the opposite could be true, and it could be that they do have the basic suit because they think that's what they're, they need to do. And then they have that one really fun piece that they really feel excited about, and they only wear when they're super comfortable. And that sometimes is the thing that, I need to, that people need to pull out more, is that thing that makes them feel more comfortable, but they feel like, ah, uh, nobody wants to see this, or uh, I'm going to alienate people if I you know, wear this, or people are going to think I'm crazy. Those are the things that, you know, will differentiate you and probably be closer to your true self. Right, and I think that's very interesting because, you know, when when I was young and just coming into leadership, even though I was hiding behind the curtain, we still followed the leads of, you know, other leaders. So Diane Feinstein, who at the time was the mm-hmm. first female and only female mayor of San Francisco, she wore bow ties, but she was creative about it. We, we weren't wearing what a man would wear in a bow tie. We had fluffy bows and we had fun colors and that kind of thing. So it's taking what might be considered the standard and really making it mm-hmm. yours. And when we get back, Tati and I, Tatiana and I are going to look at cohesion and clarity in your brand experience. We'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with lynda.com now back to leadership stars welcome back and we were talking about the brand experience before we went to break and looking at uh, the the consistency and the cohesion between your brand experience and the vision that you have of the future and what your organization your company is putting out there and we looked at some pretty good sized brands and what they convey conveyed with their brand so Tatiana um, why is it so important to have a, cons- a coherent visual plan and in, in you know your brand experience why is it so important well the you know the key is is repetition and Right now, I mean, more than ever in the in the the history of the world, is there's so many different ways to reach people, and there's so many different ways to reach people that are very accessible. And what that makes is a place where you can just completely get lost. And the more times that you are um, you are aware and you're you're being purposeful in what you put out there and you're consistent and have the same colors or you use the same tone and feel. When somebody sees you in a magazine as opposed to seeing you on your website, as opposed to seeing you at a networking event, as opposed to seeing you in your business cards or opposed to seeing you on the shelf at a store, if every single one of those items looks different, and doesn't connect, then they're not going to realize it's you. They're not going to realize it's your business. They're not going to realize it's the same thing. So having that cohesive visual plan will actually tie everything together so that people are having just this really good connected experience so that they know, okay, I'm in the right place. I showed, I, I typed this, I typed the website correctly. I went to the right Facebook page. Yep, that person I met at the NetBring event, they will sound familiar because I've seen them so many different times. I've heard them on the radio, and they're giving me the same message. So it just reinforces it, and it helps with people realizing that it's you. And it also grows that familiarity. There's, I don't know what the exact stat is now. It might actually be higher since there's so much stuff. But typically when people are making a decision, it takes them anywhere from like eight to 20 times of having some touch point with your business for them to finally make the decision that they trust and like you enough to buy from you. So if every single touch point that they experience with you is different or slightly off, 
then you're, that counter is going over again and you're not getting that consistent eight counts until they decide that they're going to purchase. And I think that's that's very important. You know, I've I've done that where I've I've gone to what I thought was the website for the person that I met, and while everything is correct, you know, the the URL and everything else is mm-hmm. correct, and you look at it and you go, I don't recognize this person. I don't recognize the message that they have. I don't mm-hmm. recognize the visuals. Hmm, maybe I'm in the wrong place. And yeah. it is so very important to be cohesive and consistent mm-hmm. in what you're doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or you might feel like you're getting lied to and people Mm. really want to trust you. So imagine if, you know, you're at this networking event that is very specific and very niche and this person comes there and they show you a flyer and say, hey, we speak directly to you. You are our target audience. And then you go to their website and then they've got like six different ones. You're like, wait a minute, am I your target audience? Or did you just say that because you thought that's what I wanted to hear? You know, so then it, it gets like a level of distrust of, well, is this really who you want to be marketing to and who you want as a customer? And you don't want to create that confusion. Well, you're right, Tatiana. And uh, it's one of the reasons why you start with who's my tribe, who are uh-huh. my target market, and making sure that all of the information that goes out is targeted to those folks. It's why I talk about network distribution, which mm-hmm. is my term for network marketing, multi-level marketing, and direct sales, because that's just too much to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Knowing who my target audience is and what group of women I really want to work with to help them to, to shift from being on that roller coaster of recruitment to really being able to retain the people who are on their team and to really see significant growth because of that. And if you're right, if my message and you know what you saw on the website was confusing and you got folks, you got the idea that, gee, she works with organizations or she just works with entrepreneurs. I would probably lose my target market. So I can see where that mm-hmm. would be really, really important to um, that no like, and trust factor that they talk about mm-hmm. in networking and being able to attract just the people that you want to work with. So I think part of it is, you know, developing who is it that I serve and how do you help mm-hmm. people to make sure that they have the right tribe that they're attracting with their visuals and not jumping all over the place? Yeah, I mean, it, it, clarity is key. And it's, it's part of why, you know, I start with people and have them think about their values. And then we drill down a little bit further to create that, that visual plan that mm-hmm. really pulls all the pieces together. Because the more that you're clear about it, the more it's going to come off. And I'm not saying that you have to be the designer that's designing it, but if you have that clarity and can turn over, you know, a document that, you know, every major brand has, which is called a style guide, if you're able to have something that consistently has all of that information in it and give it to a designer, say that designer runs off and you never, you can't, you know, they're too busy and you can't work with them again. Um, If you're able to have those clear items created, then you can hire another designer or you can have an assistant or you can have somebody who can take that same framework and create something that's still consistent. So you're not reliant on like, well, I know my, I know my designer knows it and I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But that's putting, you know, that's making it, that's putting the trust in someone else and, and, and it takes it outside of you from knowing this is what I stand for. This is who I am. This is what we do. And, 
and people know what to expect. And I think too, Tatiana, what it does is it turns over control and leadership in some respects to your designer by taking mm-hmm. a step back and saying, well, she knows or he knows you know, what my style is and what my, my plan is and my, my brand and everything mm-hmm. else. You then truly are standing behind the curtain and not leading your own company, mm-hmm. not leading your own brand. And mm-hmm. I think that, that is a real disservice to you, the individual, and the experience that you offer to your tribe. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing to to say is that, you know, um, there's a there's something to be said about being being a leader who recognizes where you can and can't. And if mm-hmm. you truly can't design and you need that designer, you don't have to feel like, well, I'm not leading if I don't know what to tell them. But if you have like the basic framework of, hey, we these are our colors and this is what we want people to feel and these are the elements that I want to see in there. We love photos. We love, you know, fun, kitschy little cartoons, whatever that is. If you can give that direction to someone that you trust and who can execute on those designs, then you're still leading and you're giving, you're giving them what they need. So then they're not sitting there thinking, well, right now it's, you know, really large photos are in style. So I'm going to put large photos in this and that's going to keep her on trend or, you know, let me do this because this is my style. It then gives them some frameworks. So they say, okay, I, I, can, I can work in that as opposed to just leaving it all up to them. Right. And, and you said earlier, you know, it's that I'll know it when I see it. And I know yeah. how much I hate that. Um, yeah. I had a, yeah. I had a colleague when I worked um, in corporate who we were doing sort of a joint col- uh, creation of new programs um, for the training department. And so our the the designers were coming from both the north and the south, and I remember our group you know coming up with the program and what it would look like and the handouts and everything else, and then they went up north to have um, the northern uh, uh, de- department head um, sign off on it, and her comment was, "Nah, that's not really it, but I'll know it when I see it," and mm-hmm. it's like, how do you design to that? Uh, and, you know, yeah. how many different versions do I have to create if, if you're not clear about, as you said, I mean, I'm not visual um, as mm-hmm. far as being able to, to, you know, take what I have and design it. But I can talk through the colors and the feeling and what I might want people to hear as well as see so that someone who is, like you, a visual storyteller and can turn mm-hmm. those into powerful visuals it makes it so much easier yeah yeah it, it absolutely does um the the key too is think about this from just like a pure money standpoint if you mm-hmm. still say hey i'm comfortable with you know i'll know when i see it and i really don't think i know that's cool but that's going to be a very expensive journey because what that means for the designer is they possibly have to create 10 to 20 different concepts and then from that 10 to 20 concepts, that's going to be a lot of their time that they may mm-hmm. be billing you by the hour for. And then from there, you have to pick, well, I kind of like this from, you know, design one. And if you could put that color and do this, so now you've given all these variations and they have to make new designs based off of that. And it can, it can be a really expensive uh, avalanche that will happen by continually, continually doing stuff instead of just being clear and saying, What's important is that I'm going to run my business. What's important is that I'm going to serve my people. 
What's not important is like fine tuning every single detail. If you're hiring a professional who can give you a professional design, then, you know, you don't necessarily have to nitpick every single thing because that's keeping you away from serving and serving the people who need what you do. Right, but it's really great when your um, designer, you know, does just that absolutely phenomenal visual and brand mm-hmm. experience for you, and you can actually say to your designer, wow, you get me. And mm-hmm. so from a design perspective, asking the right questions can be critical yeah. to not having to do 20 or 30 different designs, all right? Absolutely, absolutely. Whenever I work with my, uh, my high-end one-on-one clients, we start with an extensive questionnaire. And I've had some people look at the questions and balk at them and say, there's no way I can answer that. And I said, well, you're not ready for me. But you can't right. answer those different things. And then we're going, this is a red flag that we're going to go through many revisions. And if you just take a couple seconds, you take, you know, a week, a month, whatever you need to really think about you know, who your audience is, who you're trying to target and who those people are and what do they like and what do they already buy and what compliments you. You, you can, if you can start thinking about those things before hiring the designer or just knowing a little bit about it, then it'll make those decisions easier because there, there is a slight difference between I personally love vibrant, bright pinks and, you know, very loud colors, but I've had some of my uh, male clients that are, they are exactly my clientele, but they'll see the hot pink and say, oh, that's not for me. You know, and I have to be aware (laughs) of, you know, how I'm approaching and how I set things up. So it's not just this like complete pink sparkle (laughs) uh, thing. Cause I know that I, you know, I attract a high achieving leaders that want an edgy brand. I know what I need to put to kind of attract that, which might be different than me being fun-loving and wanting to, you know, travel and just that. They might not be attracted to that, per se. And Tatiana, I think that's really key to an, uh, an outstanding visual storyteller is the fact that they can set aside their own um, visual mm-hmm. brand. They can set aside the bright pinks and, you know, the vibrant colors and that kind of thing and can work with the values and the vision of their client and truly mm-hmm. make them shine as well. And in, in essence, leading them to that perfect brand experience for them and for their clients, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a key difference. And that's, that's part of why um, I talk a lot about, you know, creating visuals that attract your clients. Like mm-hmm. it's really great to, you know, at your house, you want to feel welcome and you want to create an experience that works for you. But if what you are selling is the the experience for the people and those are two different things, you know, if you're a personal brand, then yes, okay, what you absolutely, what you are about really, really matters. But if it's more, if you're more product-based or service-based, if you're not thinking about the customers first and what is going to attract them, then doesn't matter that you're a big, you know, rock and roll fan and you travel and you do different things. It's, that's not what you're selling. Right. And Tatiana, one of the things that, that uh, again, as somebody who uh, I now have my brand and my brand experience, and I'm really excited about it. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how often do I change the visuals 
without it becoming I, confusing? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Something that, so what I, what I point out to people is that all the major brands, all the big ones, they all have their style guide that has their guiding principles. It has, you know, all of the things that we've talked about, but um, style changes, you know, there's things that slightly change seasons have different colors. So you can make choices that, that feel current, but still keep the general feel. Think about a company like um, Coca-Cola, you know, they've, I mean, they pretty much invented Santa Claus. They've been around for a long time, but they still have their classic red and their classic like silver and white um, swirls. And you know, when you see that it's Coca-Cola, but from the way they advertise, you know, back um, when Santa Claus first came out to how they advertise now, they still are, they're still mending a little bit to the trends. They're still keeping current, but it still has that underlying tone. So you can, you can consistently change things up, um, but stay with the main brain work. It's the same thing with style. I mean, people, what they wore in the, the 60s compared to what they're wearing in the 2000s, they still have the same kind of aesthetic and things that they're leaning towards, but it changes a little bit. So you can still make those changes and you can still refresh it. I have uh, with, with the websites, styles and, and what can be done changes pretty often. You know, um, a lot of the social media platforms are highly visual and they're trying to draw people in. So the images are bigger and the, um, the, the videos are more prominent. So that might um, call for you to have better pictures so that you can, you know, really utilize the fact that there's these big bright spaces that you can now use. You might end up uh, improving on your brand or kind of changing it uh, due to the, what can actually be done with technology. But it doesn't necessarily change your brand up, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, it's it's looking at um, the Budweiser Clydesdales and the types of mm-hmm. things that they've done with those Clydesdales is pretty amazing. And yet that is, that's something that is very clear and very easy to recognize as mm-hmm. part of their brand experience, that sense of power and strength. And yet they've, they've done ones with, you know, the, the Colts um, and, you know, how the bigger... Um, Clydesdales, you know, protect them and this kind of thing. And, and it's just really a way of taking something that we all recognize and bringing it up to date and, and mm-hmm. bringing it to uh, the, the folks who are currently buying, you know, their, their buying group um, in such a way that it's still relevant to them. And mm-hmm. yet it's um, very clear to people who've been, you know, seeing the, the Clydesdales for years. Um, yeah. and someone told, just out of curiosity, someone told me that uh, you should refresh your website at least every three years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just from a, a standpoint, um, technology moves so fast that mm-hmm. Uh, right now I'm doing a rebrand of one of my high-end clients and her website still stands and they're still very beautiful, but the capabilities and the new trends and the new things that websites can do have shifted from even three years ago that we're able to do different things and things are more accessible. The way that people um, approach technology, um, more people have 
smartphones and they have bigger displays. So these bigger displays require different things than they did even three years ago. So okay, Tatiana, and, hold that thought. And yeah. when we come back, we're going to finish that thought and also get into the realm of social media. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And just before the break, Tatiana had had started a, a great comment about shifting websites. When should you do that? What does it look like? That kind of thing. And Tatiana, I'd love you to finish your thought. Yeah, the technology shifts and and it moves fast, and it, it's you know increasingly um, the the new platforms and things that come out, and and little. Aside from all that, just what we can actually achieve and what we can do, I mean, is you see it in sci-fi, and then they pretty much predicted the things that can be done. So if you, right. don't, if you don't change up your website every, you know, three years, it's very quick to look dated because your website reflects what could be done at that time. And, you know, that's not to say that you got to, just be all bells and whistles and do the nice new things because we don't need, you know, dancing babies and, and rain coming down on your <laughs> your computer <laughs> like the websites in the 90s or anything like that just because you can do it. Um, there's something that should be said about, you know, having that classic time timeless feel to it. But the way that people consume technology is different. The way that people approach it is different. So you have to change it. Like now – you know, just even from three years ago, more people have smartphones. So they're accessing websites on the web. So one thing that um, you'll hear a lot from, from a designer is they're designing mobile first now. And that's a different approach than what people were doing three years ago. Because if you don't have, if you're not designing with uh, mobile in mind, then you possibly are going to get people 
off of your website. So your website might work perfectly and still look good, but if they can't access it on the internet, then um, on their phone, then you might lose people. So it's really easy to design mobile first and then have it translate nicely on the desktop so it's still a nice seamless experience. But that's part of why designing every three years helps. It's, it's not even about the style and the stuff. It's people consume things differently and a lot can change. Right, and I know I had to do that with my website was to make it mobile ready. Uh, mm-hmm. and we didn't do mobile first, but um, to make it mobile ready. And that was um, really a key shift for me. Uh, and what I noticed is that I like the vibrance of the website and the movability, the, the mo- mobileness of the website itself. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it engages folks and it's really kind of fun. Um, so and a yeah. diff- whole different look than when we started before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now, for me, who, um, I, okay, I'll be honest, I still haven't <laughs> really embraced social media, as you know. Really? And, <laughs> it's getting better. I now have themes okay. for the day. Um, and, Great. you know, how do you stand out in what I consider a very noisy and, as you said, cluttered marketplace, uh, especially mm-hmm. in social media, LinkedIn, Facebook. I mean, I look at my newsfeed and it, it's like, you know, 37 pages long and I don't mm-hmm. want to go through all of that. So how do you get top of mind with people on social media? What can you do? What can your brand do? Well, that it, it, you're so right. I mean, there's so much stuff being created. I mean, every hour there's there's new stuff and first and foremost um you know i've had clients say well nobody liked it nobody shared it nobody saw it and they might not have seen it that it might be simple as that they just didn't see it so that shouldn't necessarily discourage you from um from posting what it might what might happen is that you need to repurpose it and by repurposing like you can have your core, just like you have your core um, message, you have your core values, you have your core um, images and what you're putting out there. And once you start taking that same quote that you use and, you know, pairing it with a different picture or this time it's just going to be on a plain background and you do different ways of delivering the same message, you might think, well, I keep on sharing that same quote. <laughs> People don't want to see that quote. They didn't like it the first time I posted it. It might, might not be true. They might not have seen it, or it might just be that repetition that people need. Like, think about the television. If you're watching a one-hour show, I remember as a kid, I, I would get so upset when I would, every time there was a commercial break, you have about four commercial breaks. And every time, it's top of the hour, same cereal. Every, every time they came to commercial break, and I'm like, oh, why do I keep on selling this cereal? Why do I keep on selling this cereal? But now I'm talking about the cereal. Now I'm asking my mom about the cereal. Now when I go to the grocery store, I can't stop thinking about the cereal because they just put it over and over again. So part of it is, you know, you have to have that, that repetition, and there's nothing wrong with taking the same kind of messaging and delivering it in different ways and pairing it in a different way. This time you're telling it with a story. This time it's just, you know, the quote. This time it's you put it with a really funny picture of you. Another time it's a really cute dog or whatever is on brand for you. You Mm -hmm. can just put it in different ways to attract people in different 
manners. Well, I, I think you're right. I, well, I know you're right, Tatiana. When <laughs> you think about advertising, uh, my uncle was in, in advertising. My mom once asked him, you know, why do they have these really stupid ads, things that, that I, you know, I don't find intellectual stimulating, intellectually stimulating or anything else? And he said, well, what ones do you remember? Mm-hmm. And you remember the ones that catch you. Uh, maybe it, not, it, it doesn't necessarily catch you because it's, you know, erudite and it has, you know, some really great uh, cosmic message, but mm-hmm. it's catchy and it has a picture and it may have a song in it or whatever. And you remember those and, and the repetition. You, you even said, you know, it takes 8 to 20 times before folks necessarily recognize you mm-hmm. so that repetition is really 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 important in order f- it for it to really settle on your tribe and for them to yeah. go oh i've heard that i need that how do mm-hmm. i get that yeah absolutely and then the other thing is it needs to just be relatable because you know trying out different ways of saying the same message you'll start seeing what people are attracted to I have this um, this person I met at a conference. She had she's a landscaper, and I believe her Facebook group her Facebook page is called Whimsical Garden, and mm-hmm. she's been written up so many times for it because she has a ridiculously engaged. I'm talking thousands of comments, and she's posting photos of gardens, beautiful gardens. And you, from the outside looking in, you think, well, what's different than the photographer that's posting beautiful photos? Because they're both doing the same thing. And the key difference with what she's doing is she's pairing very beautiful photos with just a really simple thought about things of like, wow, this really makes me feel this way. And then people see that and say, yeah, I feel that way too. Let me talk about this. And they, and they get the sense of serene um, feeling when they go there and it just so happens she's a landscape designer and then out of that somebody in there may need a landscape designer but she's approached it in a way that makes people think about themselves and kind of pull it and tie it into something that they're interested in which mm-hmm. in turn connects you and and that's that's ultimately what you want to do with visuals and with storytelling is if you're telling a story with someone in person and you can see that they're yawning. You can see that they're, you know, not interested in your story. If you're a good storyteller, you figure out, well, okay, what I'm saying right now isn't working or it's for me. How can I change this so that I can connect in with them? Like, what's going to get them excited? And when you do that little bit of shift, and now all of a sudden they still want to hear the exact same story you were telling 10 seconds ago, but you adjusted it so that it tracks them, you know, it was speaking to them with the type of images or cues that they're looking for, then you've got them. Nothing changed with you. It's just the way you presented it that changed. And I, I think that's very interesting um, how when you shift your perspective, you can, um, and you, you basically walk in their shoes. What would they like to hear? Mm-hmm. What do they need to know? Um, mm-hmm. How do they want to experience this as opposed to mm-hmm. sitting in your own, what I call it, the egocentric predicament, being more concerned mm-hmm. about what you're saying and what's your next question and that kind of thing and not being in touch with your audience or, in this case, a guest. And you know, you're right, the, they disconnect because they don't feel that you get them. And that mm-hmm. what you're saying is important for what they're doing on, on any particular day. Yeah. And I think that's really key. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they don't have time. They don't have time to figure out if this message is for them. You typically have three to five seconds to connect people in. So if in three to five seconds they look at your stuff and there isn't something to trigger, they're on to the next thing. So even if it did get delivered in their newsfeed, even if it did show up on their LinkedIn, um, you know, what they should look at. If you can't capture them, then they're on. Not to say that it's bad content, not to, you know, feel like, man, I put so much time and energy in this and no one wants to see it. It just might not have caught them at that time or the time that you did it might not have worked. You might have been doing it, you know, at 10 o'clock and, and that's for your target market. That might be when they're in their office and they can't be on social media. So maybe you're just hitting them on times that they just aren't going to see it because it's, it's not you know, times that they're using it. Right. And, and I think that's, that's really key. And why the analytics can be important for you um, mm-hmm. when you're on social media. It's like, when does your tribe listen? When do they mm-hmm. look at their feeds so that you're, you are hitting them at that time when it's most likely that it'll be at the top of the news feed or uh, top of mind for them. And it's going to hit them just when they need it. And I think that's right. really, really, really important. Or what time zone are they in? I mean, I, I particularly, I, I mean, I like to travel and I would love what I'm working towards is to eventually be a location independent uh, entrepreneur. But in the meantime, I live in Los Angeles on the West Coast, but surprisingly, most of my clients are on the East Coast. So if I'm not waiting, if I'm waiting until 10 or 12 to put my message out, they're already well into their day and I've already kind of missed them. So, you know, that might require me um, scheduling things in advance or just knowing, hey, I'm up early anyway, so I might as well write something and, and get that engagement because they're they're on the East Coast. <laughs> so, Tatiana, um, just real quickly, you've got uh, a real um, great free gift that really ties mm-hmm. to this. Could you briefly tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I have a free gift that will allow you to create some really cool, simple social media graphics. So I have some templates, and first thing first, when I hear the word, when you hear the word template, I hope you're not screeching and thinking, oh God, I don't know what to do with that. I don't have Photoshop. I actually made these templates for you in Word. <laughs> In Word. So you can open up a Word document, and if you can type a letter, you can type in here. And I have some instructions on how to use it and switch things out so that you can put your own colors and images in it. Thank you, Tatiana, so very, very much for that. And mm-hmm. if you if you check out this episode, you will find the link to Tatiana's free gift. And I want to thank you for being with us and for thinking about how your brand the experience, the values that you have all tied together. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.